0: Shavuot, to all of you le- listeners of this beautiful station, station of the Devre Torah, the Vre Musar. Uh, this is Rabbi Albaz from uh, SLC. I want to speak a little bit about the the parashat that we read yesterday, parashat Behar. You know, these few weeks that we have now between Pesach and Shavuot, we usually study the Pirkei Avot. Pirkei Avot tell us a lot about the uh, how we should behave to improve our behavior towards the fulfillment of mitzvot and the study of the Torah. It purifies our heart just before Shavuot, which is Matan Torah. So one small passage. In Masechet Avot, discusses the following. It has obviously it has some connection with the parasha, and it says, "Galut ba'ala exile comes to the world. We're talking about Ibn Israel. the Bnei Israel, had galut Babel seventy years, and then galut again for almost two thousand years. What's the idea behind the galut? Why HaKadosh Baruch Hu is punishing the Bnei Israel with exile? It says, you know, there's four reasons. Avodazara, you know, worshipping idols, gilu aryot, immorality, shvichu damim, murder. That's the three cardinal sins. And the fourth one is Hashmatat HaAretz. Meaning that The Bnei Israel are not observing the year of Shemitah, Shemitat Ha'aretz. Now we know that nowadays, Abu Dazarah hardly doesn't exist at all. Uh, Murder and Gilu Arayot, very minimal. Really, the main reason here is Hashmatat Ha'aretz. The Torah tells us six years you shall. Work on your land, and the seventh year, Shabbat Lashem, the seventh year is going to rest. And unfortunately, this mitzvah in the past, especially in the days of the first Bittemikdash, was not observed properly. And in fact, the Midrash chuma says, Amar Moshe, Moshe Rabbinu says, Shel Olam, Master of the World, Halalu Why were the Bnei Israel sold to these kingdoms, meaning why they go away in Galut? Why are they chased out of the country and go and live with other guim? Amaleh Ashem answered, "Mipene Shehen because they are desecrating the seventh year which is the misva of Shemitah. Actually, if you look up Parashat Behukotai, Parashat 26, 26, Pasuk 35, Rashi over there, Rashi Alava Shalom goes through a lengthy hechbon, long accounting, and he actually shows that the 70 years that of Galut Babel, where the Bnei Israel were in exile in Babylonia, those 70 years are because of 70 Shemitot and Yovlot that did not, that did not observe in the years before that. He says, here's the words, Shiv'im shana shel Galut Babel, the 70 years of the exile in Babel, Hayu get Shiv'im shenot ha-shmita v'yobel. It was because of the 70 years of Shemitah and Yobel that they did not observe. So we see somehow there is a a, a, galut is directly proportional uh, to the Mitzvah of Shemitah. In other words, if we keep Eretz Israel, Hashem is saying that observe the Shemitah. You will have Eretz Israel, You will keep it. Well, this idea of shemitah right now is going to be uh, quite a big topic of discussions because they, the next year, 5775, is the year of shemitah. So we're going to we're going to see a lot of talk about that. But interestingly enough, there was one little story that has that made headlines in Eretz Israel about 60 years ago, and still to this day, it is related to many many. People, you know, talk about it. And this was the story of Moshev Komemiyot. Moshev Komemiyot was started in 1950 in Eretz Israel. It's a Moshev like a uh, little outside of Yerushalayim. And surrounding it were several kibbutzim that were affiliated with at Atzai, which we know they were not religious. But this one was religious. 1950 was not a shemitah year, but they just started. They, they, they hardly were able to sustain themselves. 1951 was the second year, and 1952, which corresponds to 5712, was a shemitah year. So they had no choice. That's it. They were religious people. They were going to observe shemitah. No question about it. Fine. So now 5712, meaning that they cannot possibly work on the land or do anything until Rosh Hashanah of the next year, 5713. And Rosh Hashanah usually is around September or so. So now they're starting working on the land. It took them six weeks to work on the land. Then they're they started seeding, putting their seeds, planting the seeds. Now, the other, the other kibbutzim that were not religious, they did, they did not uh, heed, they did not keep the the shemitah year, obviously, and they started working on the lash during the shemitah year and seeding the land, everything else. And lo and behold, akadosh baruch Hu sent the rains. Only one week after this Moshav Miyot seeded the land. In other words, they, approximately around November, they finished working on the land, they finished with the seeding and everything else. The rain came in. And what happened? All the other kibbutzim that planted before, way before, there were no rains. It was a, like almost a drought. Their crop was very minimal. On the other hand, this Moshev Komimiyut, who planted later on, they had a bumper crop. It was a bonanza for them. It was unbelievable. And not only that, but the seeds that they put in were not seeds. They couldn't put in seeds from the seventh year. They had to bring somehow seeds from the sixth year, which they didn't have. And they went around and around, couldn't find. Where did they find? They went to those kibbutzim that were not religious, and they told them, "Okay, we have uh, we have tons of the sixth year, but you know they're worthless. Uh, they're not. It's not good quality. Very low quality seeds. You can use them, no problem. We'll use them anyway." They used low quality seeds, and yet. They had a beautiful crop. This is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying to us. You follow my mitzvot. You have nothing to worry about. Hashem will reward us. You know, it's unfortunate, but you know, there are certain mitzvot that we have that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us which are not so simple. And this one, Shemitah. Is considered one of the toughest one. Midrash says it says in teelim, Baruchu Hashem al Achav Gibori Koa. Bless Hakadosh Baruch Hu Malachim who are strong, Gibori Koa, very strong. Now, who are we talking about here? We talk about Malachim. Which Malachim? If we talk about regular Malachim. It can't be, because next Pasuk talks about Hashem kol That is the Malachim. So who are these Malachim here? And the Midrash says, These Malachim are Shomrei Those people that actually observe the seventh year, the Shemitah, These are the Malachim. These are the strong ones. And it makes you know it makes sense. I mean, imagine if 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 you you have a huge orchard of apples or pears or, or or whatever, pineapple, and then you're sitting over there, it's open to the world. People come in. This one takes twenty dollars worth. This one takes thirty dollars worth. And you see these people just going in, filling up on the apples and goes go. At the end of the day, $1,000 down the drain. Next day, something else. And you're sitting there looking and you say nothing. Suppose you had the supermarket. Supermarket full of goods. People come in, they take the goods and they don't pay. They take the goods, goodbye. How would you feel? Obviously, it's never going to happen. But this is what's happening to these farmers? And these farmers, because of that, they're really considered gibbere Very, very strong. Well, this is why nowadays we, all, we have, I mean, the, the different ways of resolving this problem, but there's a mahluket, of course, between poskim. Whether it's possible to sell the land to to goim, and uh, uh, you know, when the Hazonish says no, he can't, can't do it. Some post that does say it's okay. But accompanying the most kosher way is just to leave the land fallow. And what they have nowadays, Baruch Hashem, they have a certain fund, a special fund, which is only for these farmers who. Observe your And if you have people coming to you, and they're collecting for those farmers, be generous with them. Because it, it, it's such a, 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 a very tough mitzvah to observe. They're willing to do so. But they need help. That's one way. At any rate, what is the idea behind Shemitah altogether? Hakom Hashem is giving us this one. It's a tough uh, a tough mitzvah, but it's a mitzvah that a person can, can do. And the, 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 there was one a great rabbi that says, all the mitzvah Hashem gave, he never gave a mitzvah, every mitzvah Hashem knows that we can uh, stand behind it and we can do it. it Maybe tough, we can do it except one, the fat The Ifat Hashem says, okay, because you can't, a person cannot possibly uh, uh, resist that particular mitzvah, so Hashem gave a hetero on it. But otherwise, we can So the idea behind Shemitah is the following. A person has a land, and he works, first year, is has got a beautiful crop, second year, third year, fourth year, sixth year, what does he say? Hey, so now I say, well, it's all mine. It's my work. It's my intelligence. It's my expertise in how to cultivate and grow the land, grow the, the, uh, the produce. Hashem is saying, stop right there. I am the Baal This is all mine. All the land is mine. I'm giving it to you, to use, but it's mine. And I want you to remember that it's mine. How? By the seventh year. You don't work on it. The Gaon Vilna said, There is no mitzvah that implants mashrish, mashrisha bittahon, that implants bittahon, reliance in a Baruch Hu, and emuna in Hashem shemitah." This is the top of emunan bitahon. Well, other, other mitzvot also. I mean, mitzvah of sukkah, mitzvah of mitzvah of Shabbat, they're all also because we believe in Hashem, of course. But this is a very tough and harsh mitzvah in a person's life. There's an interesting similarity between Shabbat and Shemitah. If you look at the Pisukim, in Shabbat it says in Sefer Shemot by the uh, Ten Commandments, it says six days you shall work, the all, you know, like do everything that you have to do, but the seventh day, Shabbat Lashem. It says the words Shabbat Lashem. This is has to rest for the sake of Akadushwaru. Now, in the Shemitah, it's the same thing. Kitabuela Ares, when you come to the land of Israel, because Shemitah is only applicable in Eretz Israel. Ares Shabbat Lashem. The land is gonna rest. It's Shabbat for the sake of Akadushwaru. Both of them says Shabbat Lashem. Now there is something very unique about regular Shabbat and the Shemitah, and that's the following listen carefully. Every mitzvah or most mitzvots they require certain outlay, uh, certain expense. I mean, Mitzvah tefillin, you have to buy tefillin, we understand that. You buy tefillin, Shabbat, oh, something you know, there is some uh, expense involved, uh, Sukkah, there's some expense involved. It's minimal, but there is an expense there. When it comes to Shabbat and the Shemitah, it is not an expense. It is a lack of income. Let me explain that. Suppose I told you I have here two people, Reuven and Shimon. Reuven made $100,000 throughout the whole year. By the end of the year, he spent it all. His bank account was zero by the end of the year. Shimon never made a penny. By the end of the year, his bank account was zero. So they're both zero. Who's better off? The one that made the income and spent it, obviously. Shimon didn't make an income at all. And this is the idea, when a person has income, but now he wants to spend it, that's one thing. But if the income is not there altogether, it's not even coming in, then it concerns a lot. The person is very, very much concerned. If a person has a job and he knows he, he's going to make some money and he's going to spend it, that's one thing. But a person who doesn't have a job at all, there's no income coming, it's much worse. And this is what happened in the Hebrew Shabbat. It is not just an expense here. It's also a lack of income. You, you don't work, which means there's something not coming in. Although, he is saying, you know what, no matter what, you're going to be getting whatever is katsuv you're going to get. But in the mind of the person, it is not that way. Another thing that they they say about uh, Shemitah, it says it's a training a ground for Yimei HaMashiach. What does that mean? Well, you know, as, as human beings, uh, we need training to get used to something. I mean, soldiers get training before they go into war. Doctors go into training before they open up their practice. And then it's, it's, all, it's all like that. It's very difficult for a human being to adapt to a new situation overnight. Like the Hachamim, for example, have instituted the three weeks before, before Tisha B'Av. Tisha B'Av is a day of great mourning. We sit on the floor. We sing kinot. And we're very, very, very sad. It's very difficult to switch from one day, regular day. Boom, overnight is Tisha B'Av. So the Hachamim said, you know what? First we're going to have Minimal restrictions during the three weeks. Then a little more restrictions during the nine days. Then a little more during Shavuah, Shechalvot Tisha B'Av. And then you come to Tisha B'Av. Once you have that training, then at least you know you can cope with it. Well, in the days of the Mashiach, Navi Shaya says, Ve'amdu zarim that the foreigners, the goyim, they're going to stand up and that they're going to be feeding your flocks, meaning they're going to be doing the work for you. <speaking in Hebrew> you, the Bnei Israel, are going to be called like the Kohanim. What does that mean? So Hazal explained it this way. During the days of the Beit Hamikdash, there were Kohanim, and there were Israel. The Kohanim were involved only in Avodat Hashem, in the Beit Hamikdash, Misharet Hashem. That's all they were doing. So, how did this subsist? On what? What sustained them? The Bnei Israel. The Bnei Israel were giving certain matanot, of course, as the Torah prescribes, to the Kohanim. So it says like this, attempt Kohane Hashem because in the days of the Mashiach, all the Yisrael will be like the Kohanim. They'll be sitting and learning all day. They'll be doing, studying Torah and observing the Mitzvot properly. And how are they going to be sustained? They will sustain us. We will be only. So this is exactly what's happening in the Shemitah. We don't work. We rely on Hashem. Instead, we spend our time learning Torah and doing the mitzvot. That Shem Itayah would be similar to the days of the Mashiach. It's like a training training time for us that when the days of the Mashiach will come, well, we know, yes, we're ready for it. It's like the Bnei Israel, when they were in the Midbar. The 40 years of the Midbar, didn't do any work. Everything was provided for them. Food was there, water was there, clothing was there, shoes were there, everything was there. They spent their time what? Learning. And they had any questions, they had Moshe Rabbeinu. They can ask him. That's the days of the Mashiach. And Shemitah is so, Me'en, Me'en Mashiach. Well, is this, there's another thing that I just would like to, uh, to bring up. A very very nice point here that with the Chachamim I've been talking about. And that's the following. Land cannot rest on its own. In other words, Hashem is telling us on Shabbat, we don't work, our animals don't work, our slaves don't work. We, everything is rest. What about the land? It doesn't say they all you know everything has to rest, but doesn't say and the land should rest and you know why because it's very it's, it's, it's impossible while you are planting during the planting years, the land cannot possibly rest why because you plant today and it's gonna grow. During the week on Shabbat, it's going to keep on growing. You cannot stop it. How do you stop it? It's impossible. It's there. It's going to grow no matter what. So, what do you do? Those Shabbatot during the six years where the land has been working, sort of, because you can't stop it from working, you make that up during the year of the Shemitah. When you have fifty two Shabbatot in six years. That is three hundred and twelve days. The year of the Shemitah is three hundred sixty five. Take off the fifty-two Shabbatot. Now you have three hundred and thirteen, which is pretty close to the three twelve. So exact in other words these year of Shemitah where the land actually actually rests, that makes up for the six years of the Shabbatot that the land was working. So Rabotai, in conclusion, the mitzvah of Shemitah is extremely important because very simply, to be able to keep our holy land, Hashem is saying to us, keep this mitzvah, and I will see to it that the land will stay yours. Baruch Hashem, the last 30 years, the observance of Shemitah has really increased tremendously. And if this trend continues, I am confident that this will usher in the era of our Mashiach Sidkenu. Amen. Keniratzom. So, Shavua Tov to all of you. Please do not forget uh, this station. It needs a lot of help. and relies on every single one of you. To contribute to it. Also, if you have a simha, please contact SLC. We have a beautiful hall for any simha that you want. Shavua Tov.